from seven years old on, you go to you go to school, you play sports. You go to college, you go to school, you play sports. You know, you go to the NFL, you play sports. Um, and that is now your job, which is you know one of the greatest jobs in the world. But there's not many that have the ability to do it. So we'll get right into it. Today we have a really cool guest. His name is Tyler Urban. Tyler is a NFL agent with Rock Nation. Uh, Tyler played college football at West Virginia, spent a little bit of time in the NFL. Really excited to talk with Tyler. Hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Identity Impact. We're here with our very special guest, one of my good friends, Tyler Urban. Tyler is a NFL agent with Rock Nation. Uh, played a little bit in the NFL. He's a West Virginia University Mountaineer, ex-football player. Uh, won't hold it against him. I know Colin's a pick guy. Uh, but Tyler, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I know I'm excited to talk a little bit about your transition, as we always do with who we have on. But uh, very curious about the the agent industry. Yeah, I was once upon a time a, an industry I was looking to get into, so I'll have some questions on that. But excited to get you on the podcast, man. Excited to learn about you and your story a little bit. For sure. So quick, quick background on Tyler. He grew up uh, in a rival town of where I grew up. So I'm a Penn Trafford guy. Anyone who knows the Western PA area. I grew up in Penn Trafford. Tyler is a Norwin guy, so big time rivals. We played against each other in high school, uh, have a ton of mutual friends. We kind of just uh, became close over this entire football process. So I've known Tyler for years. Um, so let's just get right into the podcast. Let's just get right into this interview. Ty, tell us a little bit about how you grew up, you know, when you started playing ball, uh, kind of when you fell in love with this game. Yeah, so... Uh... You know, I'll start by saying, as far as Tim and I's relationship, um, our families even go back as far as, you know, the East Allegheny, uh, for you listeners, East Allegheny School District, um, a lot of family ties there. But um, yeah, so I actually got into, I guess, athletics. I mean, I had some cousins that played. Um, one of my cousins actually played for Tim's dad uh, at East Allegheny, but I, you know, just following or following along, um, you know, watching my cousins play. Um, I oddly enough, my first sport was actually soccer. Um, started playing soccer when I was about five years old. Um, my sister played, so she was older than me. So it was just kind of one of those things, you know, let's play soccer. Uh, neither of my parents really, you know, I think my dad played like peewee baseball and you know my mom did swimming so there wasn't really much carryover in either football basketball soccer what have you but uh got into soccer um played all the way into middle school and then you know during that time I also got into football when I was about seven years old started playing basketball probably about 10 years old and it's just weird to see how you know a lot of that is just your childhood friends, um, why you get into certain things. So soccer, you know, I got in because I had an older sister, football. Um, I actually moved to the school district, Norwin, Norwin School District from East Allegheny and uh, went into uh, first grade, second grade with some friends that were playing football. I ended up playing football. Um, a few years later, uh, 
Mike Shanahan, who we all know here on here. Um, we have to get him on the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> side note there. <laughs> his, uh, I I became friends with him in, in I think, third grade. Um, you know, I was one of the taller kids in school. His dad recruited me to come play basketball. So that's how I ended up playing basketball. But, uh, no, it was, no, it's interesting, um, you know, the youth sports. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's everybody, I think, gets into sports. Um, it, it keeps you busy. It keeps kids busy. But it also, you know, you have a lot of friends and it's a lot of a, I don't want to say social event, but it's a, you know, it's, it's something to do with your friends. Uh, it's purely fun based and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but that is the most purest version of, you know, playing sports is you're just having fun. So obviously you go through all these youth sports, your middle school years, you get into high school. When did you realize, like, I'm going to get a scholarship to do this? Like I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, and anyone who doesn't, doesn't know the area, Norwin, isn't necessarily known for the best football on the planet. Hey, but hey. When Tyler was there, Norwin was a powerhouse. I mean, they probably made the best run in, in the history of Norwin. Uh, him and Mike Shanahan, a guy that we just talked about, were two of the highest, biggest recruits to ever come out of this area, uh, especially for that era of football. And they turned Norwin into a powerhouse. I remember a semifinal game. You guys lost on that. What was it? Like a box kick return or something insane. Not to open fumble, wounds, but fumble in overtime on the two yard line. So that's that's kind of how his high school ended. But when did you realize, like, hey, I'm going to turn this into something? I'm going to get a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars scholarship to go play football. When when did that get real for you? So the I guess the transition started actually. I'd say probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, so. I played soccer, football, basketball growing up. Um, I remember, and this was probably multiple times where I'd literally, I could legit play two soccer games and a football game in one day or like three like indoor soccer games and two basketball games in the same day. But I think soccer was actually – I was probably best at soccer, but I, uh, I made a cup soccer team. Um, and the coach I remember, and you know, I don't, how old are you in sixth or seventh grade, but yeah, like 12, 13. Yeah. The, the coach said, well, you got to pick, you know, you can't, you can't play football or basketball. Like you either got to play soccer or that's it. And I was like, so basically I got to choose soccer and give up both basketball and football, or I could play basketball and football and leave soccer. So I left soccer. Um, and then, you know, getting into high school, um, it was just, it was interesting. You know, I was always one of those kids that just grew like my three inches every year. Like I never had that growth spurt. I never had any of that. So, you know, in middle school, like seventh, eighth grade, like I was just kind of average. I mean, I was tall, but I was, uh, I wasn't the tallest by any means. And then got into high school. Um, and then I guess sophomore year of high school, you know, ended up starting on the high school varsity team and had a lot of success and was kind of like, you know, this is a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, 
and you know the the rest took off from there and we you know tim touched on it but we had such a like my group of friends that i graduated high school with like we came i don't know how we all ended up graduating the same year but you know like myself mike shanahan uh brad rogers ended up playing at robert morris um hunter we had Hunter, who went to Clarion and then came down to West Virginia, um, even Mike Salapek, you know, he had he had some college or he, he could have played football in college somewhere and ended up being a division one wrestler at Virginia. Um, Alex Dennison ended up going to Buffalo to play football. So we just had such a uh, um, Adam Dominic um, went to W&J like we had a lot of people find success in college um, that were on our team. And somehow we just, I don't know, we just came together and it oddly enough, like, I mean, Alex, Mike and myself were, Mike Salapek were the backfield and myself. And I mean, we averaged probably about six, two in, in high school. Um, our offensive line, you know, they were probably about average about 270. Um, Adam, and Mike Shanahan were the wide receivers. They were probably at the time like 6'2, 6'3, 6'4. So, how we all came together, I don't know, but it ended up working and we ended up being pretty uh, successful there in high school. And to touch on even the high school experience, and I think that's probably what started this to get me into you know thinking okay like I have bigger you know aspirations than just playing high school football was there was a there was a chance I almost transferred um in high school to one of the private schools uh Pittsburgh Central in I think it was somewhere around like during my sophomore year and you know things didn't work out and you know, ended up staying and finishing, you know, my, my high school career at Norwin, but just seeing, and I, I guess that was my first taste of, you know, what, what happens here, like what, what high school football and what opportunities can open up uh, by playing sports. So you go, you're at Norwin, you finish playing, had a ton of success there, big time recruit, have all these different offers. Uh, what made you pick West Virginia? Why? Why did you go to West Virginia? It was, so I was very, I don't know. I, I was kind of a homebody. Um, you know, my parents and I, you know, we did our best to, you know, I remember after, I would say somewhere in my junior year, um, I think it was right after my junior season my dad took me to schools. We went to universities. We went to visit these places and it was just, it was so interesting. Like we had never been through it. You know, my parents at the time, they didn't even go to college. Uh, my dad didn't go to college. My mom went to college, finished up later. Um, and you know, we were just filling it out. So we weren't really sure there was, there's many opportunities where, you know, universities from across the country would come and they're like, do you have any interest of, of coming here? And one specific was Stanford. Um, it was actually, I would say Jim Harbaugh was just going there. 
Um, Andrew Luck was my my age. So they said, do you would you have any interest in coming out to Stanford? And at the time, I didn't even know where Stanford was located in the country. Um, like, oh, yeah, it's out in, you know, Palo Alto, California. I was like, OK. And like, that sounds far. You know, is, that, is that like Hollywood? <laughs> like, I don't like I don't know where, where that's going. And like, you know, there were situations with with different universities that that came up. Um, and there was places that I'd even go visit because I just I thought it was too far. Um, and I ended up, I actually committed to Maryland, um, after my junior year committed to Maryland. Um, my recruiting coach from there was actually from Sewickley, um, in Pittsburgh here. And we had a great relationship. He recruited me, um, down the stretch. Uh, he ended up going somewhere else and, that was my like real connection to Maryland. Um, and I always loved West Virginia. Um, one co one guy that recruited me, uh, Tony Gibson, who's now a, the D coordinator at NC state, but Gibb, he was the man he recruited me as well. Yeah. I love so that guy. Gibby, um, Maryland and West Virginia played one another. This had to be like late September and of my senior year of high school and and Gibby said you know West Virginia blew him out and he said uh do you want to basically you want to be the hammer of the nail yeah <laughs> uh for the next four years and I was like you know I'll be I'm interested I'll say he's like do you mind if I recruit you I was like you know go ahead like at the time I still wasn't really you know, I wasn't going to turn him away, but I wasn't, I was still committed to Maryland at the time. And, uh, he ended up recruiting me. Um, they came to a high school, uh, playoff game, Rich Rod and Tony, uh, Gibson. And I remember the day after I got a call from the head coach of Maryland asking why, uh, Rich Rod and Tony Gibson were at my high school football game. And I said, well, they, you know, Mike was on the team. Shanahan was on the team. And I was like, you know, they, they're going to see him. I mean, I think we were playing against Woodland Hills. So there was players around. I was like, yeah. you know, that's, they, they could have been here for anyone. Yeah. Um, but it was just crazy. West Virginia ended up going on. Um, you know, they had the upset against loss against Pitt. Uh, where they could have went to the national championship that year and is that the 13 9 game? I was at that game, by the way. That's the most famous game I've ever been at. All right, everybody move on. So, <laughs> they cannot be... move on. Pit fans hold that over everyone's head. That one win in time or pit. Hey, that's what us pit fans have to do. We don't get much going on here. We gotta we gotta relish the upsets that we get. Yeah, those the, <laughs> the nine time national champions, and nobody's been alive during the uh yeah, nobody's lifetime was the last time they won this, won a national championship. But so they ended up being Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. Rich Rod and Gibby end up going to Michigan. Um, you know, th they recruited me there for a second. Um, one of our other fellow Western PA guys was also being recruited to um, to uh, Michigan at the time, uh, Terrell Pryor. And we, I think there was something that went on with, you know, 
recruiting and all that type of stuff. So they kind of fell off a little bit. And Michigan was always my uh, dream school uh, growing up. I always wanted to go to Michigan. Um, but, you know, Coach Stu became the head coach of West Virginia, and he had been recruiting me. Um, he was on staff at West Virginia the entire time. So he was always recruiting me. And I remember he came up. Um, I went there on my official visit. He came up and sat with me during basketball practice uh, my senior year. And it was him, uh, Coach Castile, Jeff Castile, um, Coach Kurlavich, Coach Dunlap. I remember they all rolled into basketball practice. Four coaches, uh, Coach Stu being the head coach. And it was snowing outside. I think we had a two-hour delay that day. Like, it was crazy. And Coach Coach Stu told the story, like, on signing day. Like, oh, we trekked to, you know, Norwin High School to come see yeah. Tyler during a snowstorm and all this. But it was snowing. They, they walked in. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, they're serious. Like, they really – they really want me here. Um, and I remember he sat me down by myself and he said, so what are we going to do? Are you going to commit? And I committed and then ended up signing my, uh, you know, to go there about two weeks later. That's crazy. What a story. I mean, just overall, anyone who doesn't know the recruiting process, and I feel like a lot of our listeners are going to be current athletes or ex-athletes, uh, so I'm, I'm sure the majority have gone through the recruiting process, but recruiting is brutal. I can't explain it. I mean, it's the most, you're 16 to 18 years old, and it is the most business-like atmosphere that I think you'll, you'd ever have been a part of, you know, to that point in your life. And uh, just the pushes and pulls from so many different sides. I mean, that's, I, I don't want to say that that decision affects the rest of your life, but it kind of does. I mean, that that time there is so important that, you know, you could set yourself up forever just because of which school you pick or, you know, you could somehow, and again, if, if Tyler would have committed to West Virginia prior, Coach Rich Rod and, and Gibby leave immediately and go to Michigan. So say you're committed and all of a sudden you show up on campus and they're not even your, your staff anymore. So the business side of recruiting is so crazy. Um, I, I can't explain that en enough to people that, I don't, I don't ever really wish recruiting on anyone. It's, it makes you feel like you're the best in the world, but at the same time, it's, it's such a challenging uh, time in your life. Right. Tim, and, Tim and I were there, like that was at the early stages of texting. So, which I know is crazy, but we're talking like 06, 07, you know, 08, where texting was just becoming like a real thing where we, that's all we communicated. And yeah. there was unlimited text from coaches. So we would literally like, I'd be sitting in class, coach would text me. Okay. Like, and then, you know, we weren't even allowed to have cell phones in, in high school at the time. And teachers would be like, who is that? I was like, Oh, it's the university of like, I was like, yeah. I can't go to the, I can't get detention because of this. I mean, you get like a hundred texts a day at times. Yeah. I mean, there'd be just people. And then we would get phone phone. So like yeah. we, I'm sure it's like this, but like in our high school, each classroom had their own telephone. So like phone would ring and like be in the middle of a test and teacher would be like, Tyler, go down to the guidance counselor's <laughs> office. Uh, Those are the I'm best like, calls though. Like, like, yeah. cause you everyone know, knows, it's, like, it's like, everybody knows that like why you're going down and it's awesome. 
you'd be like sitting mid test. He's like, he's in the middle of a test. And they're like, well, the university of blah, blah, blah is here. And they're like, like, all right. I was like, see, I can't, like, I need this to go to college. Like this test right. is like optional right now. I got out of Spanish like, class, Mrs. Cunningham, Spanish class. And she's probably not listening to this. So I would tell coaches, they would ask me like, Hey, when should I come in? I'd be like second period, Mrs. Cunningham, Spanish class please get me out of there and keep me down there as long as possible. I didn't care who came in. I could, it could be, uh, Waynesburg. Like I was going down there. It didn't matter. I was getting out of that class. But like, just like when you think back on it, like it was crazy. Like that time period is crazy. Like I, you could sit like in May, I remember was the like open recruiting season. And like in the course of a week, and like, this isn't like, bragging or something but like in the course of a week like you could have like 10 to 15 meetings with coaches and like yeah. you were literally just you'd go down you go back to class you go down um and our high school our head coach was also the guidance counselor so we would go down to the guidance counselor's office sit in the uh, conference room but I mean it's just like I remember I was so excited like the first time I got a like a call from or a text from a, a coach. Um, my first offer was actually Toledo. Um, nice. And like you were so excited. And then at the end, it was just like, wow. Like, especially yeah. I remember the last month because we were talking about the West Virginia, um, how all that went down, new coaching staff and all that. And it was like open season because then everybody said, okay, well, maybe he's not, he might not go here. He might not go there because there's coaching changes, all that. And there was a, he's a prominent head coach still. Um, he was a coordinator at the time. He sat in the basketball. I watched all of my basketball practice, all of the girls basketball practice in there trying to, like he was trying to recruit me. And we had to schedule a fake phone call from my parents to get me out of there so that I could go home for dinner. <laughs> um, and like, it's just crazy. Like thinking about that, like you're 17 years old, like this is what you're, this is what you're doing. Um, yeah. Or like there was one university and coach that like literally he came, you know, they did the home visits back then. Uh, and yeah. they like, yeah. But it was a home visit. So they knew where I lived and they literally showed up at my home at nine o'clock at night. And my dad yeah. like knock on the door. My dad was like, who is this? Like open the door. Like he almost kicked them out. And he was like, okay, like, come on in. And he like gave his like elevator speech basically. Like, yeah. And they pull out all the rings, all the bowl rings and like dump them on the, yeah. the kitchen table. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, like late left like a blank, like um, national letter of intent, like copy. And like, we hope you sign this on signing day. And I'm like, yeah, wow. Like this is like, this is like really it's something. <laughs> it's yeah. honestly good. We're having this discussion though. Cause it kind of plays into, to the, the point of this podcast is, we're the 
purpose of recruiting, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but it also creates that identity where, where we associate it. Like where this athlete, where this big time person, all these schools want me, you know, look, look at me, I'm big time. I'm the big man on campus at high school. You know, you go to college when you have success, you're the big man on campus there, you know, whether you go to the NFL or not, or, you know, whatever your sport is, this has become your identity. This is all, you know, all, you know, is people kind of obsessing over you and your talents and skills. And then all of a sudden it's kind of gone. And so I think this is really important because from a young age, we're being basically put on a pedestal where we're used to kind of being above everyone in a sense, because we have all this attention. So it's really good that we're kind of touching on, on these recruiting stories in, uh, in this topic, because it does play a pivotal role in kind of shaping the way we view ourselves and the way others view us. And I think that's a really hard thing to kind of transition from and kind of get over um, so I'm actually really glad that, that we kind of transitioned into this re recruiting talk. Right. And yeah. I mean, a thousand percent because, you know, you go from like, if you played, I mean, if you played college football, more likely than not, you were the man all the way through high school. Then you take a step back, you go to college, you're not the man. And then the sooner you become the man or maybe, you know, you show up on campus and you've just been recruited and told how great you are. And then, you know, everybody takes different paths at this point. Like you get redshirted, you might be a backup, you might transfer because things happen. Like there's so many things that happen early on. And then maybe you become the man, maybe you fizzle out, but then, okay, let's say you are the man. Well, then you start getting recruited by agents. Then you, you know, you go through the recruiting process all over again. Then you go to the NFL and the same thing could happen. Like it is it's a never ending cycle. It's a never ending cycle. Well, it's an, it will, it does. Yeah. It, it does end it eventually. End eventually <laughs> but like where, at what point does it end? Are you, yeah. are you 17, 18, 20, 22, like 30, 40, like, like even Tom Brady, Tom Brady has, I mean, he's achieved more than any other NFL quarterback, NFL player. And you know, what is he 44 right now? Yeah. Like it's going to end. And right. you know, what we're kind of talking about here, like that will still affect him, even though he's, he has kids, he's married, you know, long career over 20 years in the NFL, more you better believe when he's 65, he's going to wake up on Sundays missing football. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, he, he's plenty of money, but like he's still going to miss the process that, you know, he has done since he was seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't know if everyone's equipped for that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Cause, cause again, there's a, there's a time that, football is more important than your academics and it, it shouldn't be like that but the way the public kind of associates you the way that coaches associate you I, I remember sitting down I wanted to go to med school was my main goal and I remember sitting down in my coach's office at that time and explaining to him I can't take this clinical because of practice and the main thing the coach said to me was you have four years to play football you have the rest of your life to get a degree now, I, I disagree with that big time, but at that time, you know, 18, 19 years old in my head, football is bigger than anything. Like I'm being paid to play football in college. I'm not necessarily, I think Cardell Jones said this 
said this perfectly. We ain't here to play school. Like that, that's kind of the mentality that college football. Well, think uh, about on. it. And it's, it's not necessarily the coach's fault. It's the public pressure. I mean, yeah. athletic directors and universities are pressured, particularly big time universities, their football programs have to win because they generate so much revenue. So if you're a head coach and a player comes in and says, Hey, you know, I got this statistics test. That's really important for my major that I have to study for, or I got to watch, you know, 10 hours of film against the university of Florida. Like, well, you know, what is that coach going to say is important? Cause if he, if you get an A on your statistics test, but then you lose by 40 to Florida, that head coach is out. His family's moved. You know, he's probably going to get a divorce. You know, like it's just the reality of, of what we live in. That is, that brings me to a, a absolutely hilarious story. So there was, there was a coach and I will keep him on name, but at one point, an individual, um, and he wasn't my coach. So at one point he sat everybody down and they were just watching everybody else practice. And he used some language that I won't share here, but he said, basically summer summarize, you guys are going to be the reason that I have to, that I'm going to get fired, that I'm going to have to move my entire family. And we're not going to have work anymore because of you guys. Like I'm telling you everything I could do, but I'm going to have to tell, you know, my, my kids that they can't go to that school anymore. They have to lose those friends because of you. Um, oh my gosh. But like, there's just, and like, I mean, it was, I will say that guy is one of the best people out there, but it, but like, that's, he's serious. Like he was, he's, I'm sure he was dead serious. Like that's a, that's a real thing. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But like, that's a, that's like the thing, like we, you know, the universities, the coaches, like they're all, this is their, this is their job and livelihood. They're getting paid well. Our, we, they recruit us, they recruit us to play football, basketball, whatever sport you might, you may do. They recruit us to do that because if we're good, that helps them keep their job and get a new job. So they're not recruiting us because we could, you know, past the the stats test later like they're recruiting us because and that's I mean that's the dilemma I mean that is that's athletics that's college athletics like it's a real thing um you know I it's it's hard to like kind of rationalize it any more than that like this is a real thing like this is a business it's a it's a billion dollar business right yeah so you go to West Virginia, you're there, you're there on the time of uh, Pat White and Steve Slayton as well, right? You played with those guys? I played with Pat. Steve had, uh, so Steve actually declared for the draft after Rich Rod uh, went to okay. Michigan. So you're, you're part of the okay. Noel Divine era. Was, so was Noel, Noel the running back? Yeah. Okay. Noel, Pat. Um, and you guys had a lot of success. I, I, don't remember. Did you go? Did you beat Clemson? Was it Clemson that you guys beat in an like old seventy or? to thirty-three? Right. Yeah, my yeah. senior year we beat Clemson seventy thirty-three. Um, Dabo almost got fired after that. Good thing they didn't fire him. That's no, crazy. but they got rid of the uh, the D coordinator. Did get fired. So that's when Venables <laughs> came. So Venables came in that following year. Yes. Sir. So you basically you're the you guys are responsible for turning Clemson into this powerhouse. So it's crazy because like Clemson was just starting the rise. I would say eh, maybe 
2009, 2010, like they were starting to like. That was Taj um, Boyd, CJ Spiller. Yeah. And yeah. Taj Boyd was actually committed to West Virginia at one time. Um, we ended up with Geno Smith and Taj, like there was, there was something with recruiting there and he ended up saying, okay, well now, you know, he ended up going to Clemson and Taj was the one that kind of started the, the Clemson and winning there. Um, but I guess on that team and, you know, you don't think about it at the time, but like Sammy Watkins was on that team. Um, I guess a young DeAndre Hopkins probably would have yeah, been on probably that around that time. Um, like they, I mean, they had players, um, yeah. but yeah, we were down there in Miami at the orange bowl. I remember they got off the bus and like, we were always like West Virginia. We were always like the underdog. We were always the smaller team. We were fast, but we were always the smaller team. And they got off the bus. I was like, man, these are some big dudes. And uh, like they had sunglasses on, like suits. Like I was like, wow, this is legit holiday to go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, let's uh, let's do this thing. And yeah, it, uh, it ended up working out well for us though. Now did um, you have, so going through all this, you're on top of the world. I mean, you're playing in an orange bowl. Uh, you were starting at that time. Um, were you signed with an agent or were, were agents reaching out to you? Like, when did you know, all right, NFL, I'm going to have a shot at the NFL. Um, I'm going to take that shot. But also, did you have a plan? Let's say, God forbid something happened, you know, your senior year, you blow out a knee or have an injury. Did you have a backup plan for if the NFL wasn't going to work out? Like, what was your, what were your initial, uh, like, what were you going to do? So... So I went to college, I mean, to play college athletics. Like I didn't, yeah. I wasn't thinking anything NFL related or anything like that. Um, and it, you know, my freshman year was right after the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl. I think we were ranked like number eight in the country. Like we had national championship aspirations, you know, Pat was back for his senior year and we lost two games. I remember my freshman year. Um, and you know, when you first get the, uh, campus, like, you know, they just put you in some classes, like they don't, they're just trying general, to general you know, studies. Yes. Like, you know, and we had academic mentors and I like went through my entire schedule. I was like, I don't even know where this came from, but my goal was always to graduate in three and a half years. Um, because if I got redshirted, I wanted to start my master's in the second half of my, like, I guess my fourth year, and then hopefully get a undergrad and a master's. So we sat down, like mapped out. Um, and I ended up, you know, going in, going into finance. So mapped it all out that worked out perfectly. Um, I had some injuries along the way that, unfortunately derailed some some things for me um I, I ended up starting a tight end actually game one week one of my freshman year so you know I was immediately kind of thrown into the fire um you know, obviously I wanted to play so anybody wants to play you know hindsight like yeah if I would have got red shirt or I could have done this this that and the other but you know that's Hindsight's always 2020. So freshman, sophomore year, going into my junior year, I legit felt that I felt that I was in like one of the best opportunities to 
kind of, then I started thinking about like NFL stuff. Um, you know, I didn't have that freshman year to change my body. I just went right into it. So I was about 235, 240 starting a tight end against some of these, you know, 22 year olds. Um, sophomore year, I gained weight going into junior year. I finally like put it all together. Like I had good weight on me. I knew the system. I understood uh, playing tight end. I had never played tight end until I got to college. So I was learning the position, you know, the first couple of years. And I really, you know, kind of legit felt that I had a chance my junior year to really play well and go on to, you know, maybe even leave after my junior year. Like that's how confident I was at the time. Game one of my junior year, somebody jumped on my back. I caught a, caught a pass, was running upfield. Somebody jumped on my back and my knee went into the ground, tore my PCL. Um, we were playing coastal Carolina. We were up big. It was the late third quarter. Literally all the starters came out the very next series. Like it was just one of those like freak accidents. Um, I couldn't do anything like I didn't feel feel like somewhat normal for about five to six weeks after that. So I didn't really get into playing mode again until I think like late somewhere right around Halloween. So, you know, it, it took a while. So I almost like threw away that season. And at that time, as soon as you played after like a few games, like you burnt your red shirt and I still had my red shirt but I wanted to play football. So I ended up, you know, playing and more or less wasting an entire season um, of ball. And that, you know, that obviously that didn't sit well after the fact. Um, And then the whole staff, offensive staff, head coach were all let go after the season, got a new head coach, new head coach didn't even use a tight end in, in his system. This is Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson. Yeah. So, so Dana comes in and, you know, I remember in spring, he said, if you could play, I'll find a position for you. Um, And at this time I was thinking, I'm like, I think I'm out of here. Like I'm going to transfer. I still got my red shirt year so I could transfer, use that as my red shirt year and then play my senior year somewhere else. And we had a meeting. I felt confident and I ended up you know, sticking around, staying through the spring, did spring ball, uh, ended up probably being one of the biggest inside receivers in college football, my senior year. Um, and then, you know, agents started coming, uh, recruiting me probably that started, I would say junior year, maybe even like late sophomore year, um, agents started just like, oh, I know this guy, or I know like a friend of a friend or like those type of conversations. Um, And then, you know, I had teammates that were going on to the NFL. So like, that's how you typically get in touch with some of these guys is like, you know, one of their teammates from prior, they represent, you know, what have you. Um, So going into senior year, then that's when I was like, okay, this is it. You know, I I only got one more year left. And fast forward, I ended up then spraining my MCL in the last regular season game before the Orange Bowl. So then um, 
I actually didn't even get to play in the Orange Bowl because I was I couldn't I couldn't run. My knee was all wobbly. So there was just, you know, I graduated though. I graduated that December of my senior year. I had my finance degree. I signed with an agent um, right after the Orange Bowl and got right into training um, in January, right after the new year. So, yeah, there was, it's just, it's such a weird time. And there's so much, you know, my parents and I, we interviewed agents. We went through that whole process, Um, different process than college, but, you know, you obviously liken it to the same because, you know, you're being recruited, but now it's different. You know, they're recruiting you to represent you to then play in the NFL, as opposed to, you know, going to their university. Right. And there's millions of dollars on the line with some of these uh, negotiations as well. So these agents are interviewing you expecting, you know, yeah, they're going to represent you, but they're also expecting, I'm sure their return, you know, you signing somewhere big. So that's, that's a, uh, an important important thing to keep in mind there. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to financials. Um, You know, like in college, they're recruiting you so that they, that you guys win so that they get extensions, get new opportunities, whatever it may be, you know, agents are recruiting you to manage you to, you know, help mold you um, and carry on your, you know, your football playing career but there's still money at the end of it. Yeah. Right. No doubt. So uh, I want to hear a little bit about your NFL journey. You were in the NFL for, for a short period of time. You know, what, what was that like? You know, did you leave voluntarily or was it kind of like you got cut and, and you were basically done? You know, tell me a little bit about that. So, um, so I did not, I went undrafted. Um, I, I started getting text messages in like the fourth round and saying, Oh, we're going to take you uh, with our next pick. And then that pick would happen. They didn't take me. And then like, it happened like two more times. I was like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. You know, this is the NFL. Um, So I ended up signing with Tampa Bay right after the draft was over as an undrafted free agent. Um, And, you know, this is where the, it's all connections. So Greg Schiano, who I had played against for four years when he was the head coach of Rutgers, became the head coach of Tampa Bay. That was that was the connection. He obviously had seen me for four years. So that's, you know, they were comfortable. They wanted to sign me. Um, I ended up, you know, going through that time with Tampa. Then I got cut like during like a trade period. Um, and When I got cut, you know, it's the very, like what you see on hard knocks or whatever, like grab your playbook, come with me. And it's like, okay, well, here, here it is. I've seen this on TV before. Um, And I remember when I got cut from Tampa, my coach, my like position coach didn't even know he had found out when the like player personnel had brought me to his office and was like, really? And that's how he, that's how he found out I got cut. So, um, you know, it, that, that hit me on like the business side, like, this is really like ruthless, like, and I actually got like a little bit of a sour taste over it just cause it was like, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, you heard it from anybody in the building. Like I didn't do anything wrong. It was literally just like, there's numbers, there's, 
it, it, it just is what it is. So ended up going to Tampa um, a few weeks, or I mean, uh, New England a few weeks later. And if you know anything about like New England's defense and stuff, like they always have, they, there's always Rutgers guys on New England. So Shiano recommended me to coach Belichick with New England. And that's how I ended up with New England. Um, so I went through, uh, you know, my time in New England. Um, I was against, you know, Gronk, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, Aaron Hernandez had just signed his big extension when I was up there. Um, Jake Ballard was there <clears throat> who had just won a Super Bowl with, uh, the Giants, I think the year prior, um, he, Ohio, he was an Ohio state guy, right? Ohio state guy. So yeah, I remember Jake, like there was just, there was, you know, I was kind of up against it to try to make that team, um, got cut and I was really, you know, just trying to figure out like, what was the next move? Like, what was, what was going to happen after that? Um, had a workout didn't, didn't, you know, get the job. Um, and that's when these knee injuries had come up. Like anytime you do a scan, you could tell that I had knee issues and both of those, you know, my PCL and MCL were both to the same knee. So like when they would do those, you know, tests that the trainers do, like, you could tell like, okay, you got, you have issues. Um, and that's, you know, that kind of, I could have kept sticking it out. I could have kept trying to like bounce from place to place or, you know, workouts and do all that. But I had an opportunity to go back to West Virginia to get my master's degree and coach, uh, be a GA coach there. So like the timing was coming up. It was kind of, I think it was like November, December. And at literally like the 11th hour, I said, you know what, I'm going to go coach um, at West Virginia, get my master's. So like January, like fourth or fifth, I went to West Virginia and immediately started, you know, coaching and, and working toward my master's. What was so your I master's then? Uh, I started with athletic coaching education, but I got it okay. in management. Okay. So that's kind of how all the, uh, the agent thing kind of kicked in. So the agent stuff was very like, at one point, like, finance was great. You know, I graduated. Um, but I just, I didn't want to sit behind a desk. Um, yeah. and do all that. So at one point I was like, you know what, I think like athletic director, like something like that started to interest me. So I got a sports communication, uh, minor when I was getting my undergrad, uh, got into sport management and, you know, I didn't, I never wanted to coach, but, I was like, you know, I'm 23 years old, like, let's give it a shot. And uh, did the coaching, realized, you know, that definitely was not for me, but I used, you know, the, the connections and, you know, the coaching to help pay for my master's. So got that, got that. Um, and some former uh, West Virginia guys that like, they actually recruited me when I was coming out of college to, to manage me, uh, to represent me. They were like, why don't you try the agent business? Um, like just, I was like, I don't, the only thing I knew was, and everybody knows it is Jerry Maguire. Like that's the only thing yeah. you can think of. Like that's, unfortunately, that's what we have been <laughs> limited to is being Jerry Maguire. So, um, you know, 
they gave me, they found, they had an opportunity for me. I went and got into the agent business. Um, and literally it was just like that. Like everything is networking and everything is, you know, uh, you know, just along your way, never, you know, you never realize who you're going to come across that, you know, can help you later in life. So that's right. one thing. It's like always everything's an open opportunity. And I was young. So it was like, what do I have to lose? Like, it's yeah, right. There's nothing else. Some of the recruiting, like some of the recruiting that you went through, some of the stuff with the NFL and the agents that you dealt with there, you meet so many people. So I'm sure you held on to those connections, but that kind of set you up for, you know, what you do now. I mean, just your experiences there, you can kind of take those things and apply that to, to how you recruit guys, how, how you kind of do things, you know, in your business now. Right. I, I think that's such a cool, uh, cool well, yeah. thing because you see so many sides, you see the good things, you see the bad things. So you right. can kind of pick and choose how you want to mold yourself. Right. I've seen it as a player, a coach, um, you know, as an agent, as like, I I've seen it now. So yeah, there's not much that, you know, I haven't just like, I'm not naive to anything. Um, and just kind of seeing how like the business, like it, yeah. it is a total business and, and, and realizing that. Um, so yeah, it, it was, I got into it around, what was that <clears throat> about September of 20, uh, maybe 2014 um, and been in it ever since. But yes, like what you said with the, the connections, like, you know, these scouts were, interviewing me when I was a player and then now, you know, dealing with them, with my, with my clients. Um, it's just, you see, you know, the college coaches and with college coaching, they're everywhere now. Like, yeah, these, like you're, and I'm sure you guys have seen as well, like your staff is across the country. Um, at different universities now, like Buddy stays right. anywhere very long <laughs> these days. Yeah, I think one thing you'll see unique when we do these interviews, um, and I always kind of like to, to tie things back to, to the core, what we're getting to is with athletics, the number one thing is going to be networking. Your networking base is going to be huge to helping you kind of build something after you're done playing. And two, there's always going to come a time in your athletic career where one, you either have to decide it's not worth like continuing to play, I have other options in my life or two, it's just going to be kind of cut and it's going to end one day and someone's going to decide it for you. Um, so, you know, and I want to hear, you know, the, the pros and cons that you feel in your profession right now as an agent. Um, and would you recommend that to, to other former athletes? So the thing that I love the most about being an agent is the, is, like I'm around athletics, like Saturday, Sunday and Monday night here. Like that is, it's crazy, but like, that's literally my job. Um, and everybody handles it differently, but I'm going to, I'm going to come from a football more, you know, perspective where right. I'm literally going to watch ball. I, I record all the games. I, I'll go back and watch them twice or three times just to see, like, if I could provide you as a player, I think you might maybe do this, do this, you know, try it out. Like, you know, anything, anything small. Like I, to me, I've 
I've, I've given some value to you where you could actually use it and better your, you know, you know better yourself. Um, and everybody's different, but that's, that's what I try to do. And, you know, maybe it's not the best way. Maybe, you know, other people are, you know, we'll call successful by doing other things, but that's how I'm going to approach it. Um, and coming from the football, you know, perspective, like that stuff is, I mean, it's extremely valuable to me and it's extremely, you know, it's something for us. Um, it's my connection to football still. Like I'm not playing it anymore, but I, you know, I'm still very invested in it. That's one thing we talked about in a prior interview. Uh, we just interviewed with Miles Diefenbach. We talked a little off the air about this, but uh, one thing that Miles mentioned was you don't necessarily have time for the internships, uh, for things like that in college that most people do. So when you're in college, you're training all through the summer, you're doing all these different things um, with football, you don't really have time to set yourself up uh, in the business world or, or network with people outside of, outside of football. So um, the networking that you do you know, while you're in school, there's so many different alumni that come back and speak with you. There's so many people that work in the athletic department uh, it could be someone that you meet in the campus cafeteria. Every, every single opportunity that you have to network is so important. And adding to that, that's also more important to just be a good person through all this. You, you mentioned Greg Schiano uh, recommended you to Bill Belichick. Like that's a, if, if you're an asshole and Schiano doesn't like you, like you're not getting that recommendation. So every opportunity you have to interact with somebody, whether that's on your campus, uh, through recruiting, uh, when agents are talking to you, like you are never, you should never have the attitude that you are the guy. You should never have the attitude that you're the, the top thing on the planet because everyone's interactions with you are eventually going to come back. Or if they do come back, or if they, uh, if you need someone's recommendation down the line, you better have given that person a, a good experience whenever uh, you met right. with them or whenever you talked with them. I, I think that's, that's really important that uh, don't be an asshole. Just be a good person through all this. I mean, that's, it's really simple. You can't, you can't cheat the process. Like you, like, you know, like it's crazy. You literally just never know who you're going to come across. Like even um, like from the academic side, like I had opportunities to do that post. Like one of my professors was like, Hey, do you, what are you going to do when you graduate? Like, do you want to, you know, work here or there? Like, I never, you know, I tried not to be the, oh, well, I'm going to the league type thing. Like, it's such a, like, your chances of going to the NFL are just crazy. And then even when you get there, you know, the average is 3.3 years. So, like, you're going to, you might need somebody, <laughs> some, like, there's a, there's few people that don't ever, will never cross paths. You'll never need something after you, you know, are done. Um, so networking and like the internships, yeah, we don't, you can't, you don't have opportunities for internships. Um, so everything networking more important, right. And, you know, sometimes it's not, you know, what, you know, it's who, you know, like that, that is a thing that is real. Like you might get a extra opportunity. If you showed that you were a hard worker and a good guy, you didn't have any internships. You don't have work experience, but you were a hard worker and good guy when you did this athletically maybe we could teach you how to do this you know in the in the business world right 
that's sure. a, that is such a, a big thing. Like you said, right there, you might not have the experience, but the networking and then to be able to back it up and say, I'm a hard worker. I'm a good guy. I'm coachable. I can do anything you ask me. You just got to give me the, the time and resources and I'll figure it out. And to me, that can be so much more valuable than an actual internship in something because the, the sports world is just so different and it, it really molds, you know, people in such a strong way. So there are so many opportunities for athletes out there, rightfully so, because we're kind of a unique, we're built, we're built different, you know, the, the corny little <laughs> saying, but, but it's so true because we just have so many different life experiences at such young ages that cause us to, to kind of mature so much faster than, than your regular person. Right. And it's like, it's weird, but like, if somebody, if my coach yelled at me when I was in college, like I didn't take it personal. Like this was just being told. You must love to think about to do that. this, but you need to do this better. And my, like, that's just how you get it done. Like do it better. And this is how you do it. My first one-on-one rep ever in college um, was against our starting receiver. And I get like beat on a post, but I undercut the post and try and like pick it off. And it goes over top of me for a touchdown. The safeties coach, you know, I'm a corner. So it's not even my coach and he's about five, five. And I actually love this coach. I'm not going to name him, but he's one of my favorite coaches I ever had. He gets right up in my face and is MFing me telling me I'm not that good. I'll never play. If I ever do that again. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And I'm, I'm an 18, just turned 18 year old kid. And I'm thinking, what if like the little, you know, mathlete kid that, that lives down the hall from me, what if his math teacher, you know, got in his face and right. him and said, you're going to fail my class. If you ever miss that equation again, like, I, I just think about that, but you know, it, it's you hilarious. Yeah. Like, you're just like, um, yeah, I messed up. Like, yeah, okay. like all right, like, just don't do it right. again. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, you, you missed class today. Yeah. Run uh, 10 stadiums. And you're like, this sucks. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Like I miss class. Yeah, right. right. But that <laughs> but you prepares you. That yeah. prepares you for the business world. It prepares you for the rest of your life. In my opinion, the hardest thing that I have done to date was football camp. And I'll, I'll probably talk about this on every single uh, episode, but winter conditioning, football camp, the summer conditioning. I mean, it's, it's a grind. I mean, it's life after college football is honestly pretty easy. I mean, it's, you know, to me, I mean, again, life is hard being a dad. I mean, NFL, Tyler's a new dad as well. I mean, it's, it's but NFL it's, it's training crazy. camp. NFL training camp is like six weeks long. Like, especially when you're a rookie, like you're a low man on the totem pole, you're trying to put like the mental side of it. And then just the amount of time, the sheer amount of time. It's like, man, like the day you get out, you're like, oh, wow. Like, wow. Like this is. I have so much free time. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> I got so much things to do. Like it, it's just, but like you don't, you don't. We don't know any better. And like yeah. that, that's probably, and, and like when you circle around this entire topic that we're talking about, like we don't know any better. We have been taught and conditioned, physically, mentally, to do things this way, and then it's almost like the rug gets pulled out from under us. And nobody's telling us what to do next. Nobody yeah. has, has sent us our schedule for the day or for the week. Um, and, you know, you're out there. You're out there in, real, in the real life and nobody's telling you what to do and you don't know what to do next. Right. Um, you don't know what to do job-wise next. You, don't, you just don't know what to do next. 
That's and, while we're on that topic, talk about, did you go through any type of depression or any feeling like that? I mean, obviously you're speaking on it right now, but once the NFL was done, like once you kind of realized, you know, football career might be over, what did you kind of experience, you know, in that void right there when, when that rug was pulled out from under you and, and you realized, Hey, I, I got to move along here. Yeah. Like you just, I would say yes. Um, I think, I think no matter what, and I don't, I think no matter who you are, like it's going to hit you at some point, like when it hits you is it's really, when is it going to hit you? And you know, I don't know if anybody could legitimately say like, no, this has never affected me. So, you know, from, from seven years old on, you go to, you go to school, you play sports, you go to college, you go to school, you play sports, you know, you go to the NFL, you play sports. Um, (laughs) And that is now your job, which is, you know, one of the greatest jobs in the world, but there's not many that have the ability um, to do it. So that's, you know, that's all, you know, and, you know, does it hit you at 20, 22, 25? you know, when does it hit you? Um, when I, you know, when I was done, I was probably 23. Um, and you know, what do I do next? Um, like I, I still am thankful that, you know, I had a good family, um, that pushed me to like take some chances and I had the ability to take chances. And like when the, you know, when the coaching thing came up, I was like, all right, like, you know, let's try it out. But between September and January, like, you know, I was just floating in space. Like I was literally just taking up space. Like what, what do I do? Like, what you know, what should I do? Like, should I, like, should I commit to still playing football? Should I move on? Like, what do I do? And like I literally started, it was a new, like the new year, new me, like I literally new year, like, all right, we're going, you know, we're going to go get my master's. And cause that was the ultimate, like goal was still to get a master's. So right. it worked out that I had a plan, but no, that, you know, September to January, like you're, you're lost. You don't know what to do. Like you go back, you know, I'm sure you've seen these guys at your college, like you go back to college and these guys are still hanging around and you're like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, go do something, but it's going to hit you. And it, you know, it it hits uh, like fresh college grads that just, you know, went to school and got a college degree. Like they might not know what jobs they're in yet. So I would, I would say like, I've seen it. I've seen it now from an agent perspective, like looking at players like they really don't know what to do because you don't you don't know like I helped a guy do a build a resume he didn't even know how to build a resume and then you you know you're say you're 28 years old and you're building a resume and your only work experience is playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers like that's great if you are doing something in sports or maybe like, you know, you can, how do you use that? Um, And like, I could see, and you see players all the time, like 
you're the guy you hear the, you know, you hear the sound like watch Saturday college football. Like you hear the fans going crazy. You hear, you know, the, the, the ups and downs of, you know, winning and losing, you win the big game. Like you go out in the world, no one's cheering for you to show up. Like when you show up for work that day, like you run out of that tunnel, you got, you know, a hundred thousand fans going wild. Plus the ones on TV watching, like, you show up at your job and you're like, no one's there. No, you're a normal guy. <laughs> yeah. You're just a normal guy. No one's, no one's cheering. And then like, when you leave at the end of the day, like no one's clapping when you uh, walk out of the door, like I think, and I don't want to say like everybody is um, like egotistical or anything like that. Like you just have gotten used to a certain I don't want to say lifestyle, but you, you've gotten, you've got used to it. So like, that's all, you know, right. and the crowds only, you know, from high school to college, college, to NFL, the crowds only get bigger and people put you up on that pedestal and you're like a goldfish. Everybody's looking at you. Everybody expects you to do the right things. Everybody expects you to, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's, but like, you yourself, there's a lot of people that are looking at themselves saying, I don't know if I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I'm just here. Right. Yeah. Now, so take us to, you know, your life now, you know, one question I like to ask is what did you learn in football? Some skills that you learned in football that have equipped you for what you do today? What, where do you feel like your identities kind of you know, come full circle here to where I'm, I'm still incorporating the same identity that I had, or did your identity completely change? I know you're a dad now. Um, you know, how, how do you, I guess, what skills did, did you, you know, learn in football that have equipped you for what you do today and, and talk about your identity, you know, has it changed? Has it just evolved? Kind of, uh, give us your feelings on that. My gut would say just evolution. Um, you know, when I was young, my dad uh, is a you know is in construction. So I'd go to little job sites when I was six years old, like just do like minimal stuff. And I always saw my parents. You know, my mom's a nurse; they're hard workers. So I think that helped set me up for sports and just kind of like um, being able to you know always work hard. You know, all those type of things. And then you know you get so used to that, like, you know, we're 30, 32 years old, like nobody's telling us to go run sprints outside right now, but like you wouldn't second guess it. And this is a little off topic, but I went back um, for homecoming. I was probably like six years removed and my strength coach at West Virginia was still there. And he was like, do you want to do this workout with me? And I said, no, I don't like, I don't. Want to <laughs> and then, you know, the name calling all that comes. So I was like, all right, let's just do this. And I did it. And he still had that mind control over me. Yeah. So like now, <laughs> like I end up running like one tens lifting and all this stuff. And you're like, why did I just do this? But like, but you, you know, you're just, we're so conditioned and that, so then after like that and like years start going on, you know, I'm married, I have a seven month old, like 
just everything starts to evolve for you. Like what's important? What is the priority? You know, what is like the priority? Like what's the very most important thing you have to do right now and then 10 minutes from now? Um, so I would say like that, that ability, like when you're, when you are a player, you have a unique, like we touched on already, unique ability to be told what to do and different delivery methods of being told what to do. And like, I catch myself at times, like, you know, you see, you see that so much and you you're used to it so much that you end up like, you're a little bit more harsh when telling anybody else what they need to do, like that you end up, you know, you have to evolve, but like, I guess I'm not, I'm never too proud to, you know, be told what to do anymore. Like I'm trying to like, you know, understand everybody's perspective on it. So when you're in my field of work, like now this is more, you know, this is a business setting. Like people aren't going to yell at you to that, you know, you're doing your job badly. Like it might be a different delivery method, but you have to understand, okay, like they're not going to yell at me like that anymore. They're not going to tell me to go run sprints. You know, they're just going to tell you to move on and get a new job. Um, Right. But understanding like the, the entirety of like how, how that all works um, is like the blessing and the curse because, you know, you know, we're used to being told directly. Now we're being told something a little differently, how to do, do something. Um, but now when, you know, you communicate with coworkers, you're working in a team setting, the team setting is the key. Like we were, we're all used to working in a team. Um, not everybody like, you know, on Saturday, Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Sundays, like you might, I might not like you, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to win. So now, you know, we're in a business setting, like I might not like you, but this is, you know, you're what I have right now. And we want to get this guy, we want to recruit this guy. So now, you know, let's make it work. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to figure out to make it work? And like, I wasn't the most athletic guy. Um, You know, when you're calling a football play, like you want to get this specific play to this certain person, specific person to make the play. Like now in the business setting, you have to realize, okay, like I might not be the guy, like you might not want to toss me the, the ball and expect me to run past everybody for, you know, a 90 yard touchdown. But in the business setting, like now, you know, X person, he might be the best person to recruit this guy, not me. And you have to stomach that and swallow your pride and say, okay, like you're right type deal. Um, Block for him. (laughs) Yeah. I'll block for him. Like that, that is the most unique perspective of, of this thing. Like when I know I talked in a big circle there, but like it, it's just evolution. Like you, everything that we've done in athletics has prepared us for some aspect. Like it's real, it's, I always call like college, like athletics or athletics, like we're 
protected in a way like it's not real life or kind of protected real life but like we could associate anything that we've done to something we're doing in the world in real life right now um and i think that's not everybody has that like especially in like my field like some of these guys these other agents they've never they've never been in the locker rooms they've never understood or dealt with that type of stuff um and that's how, you know, I like to, you know, do my business um, or even when you're doing, you know, training, like, you know, you've actually done it. So, you you know, you know, when guys say, well, we can't do that, like that's impossible. Well, I mean, I've done it before. You, can, um, yeah. Yeah, you right. can do it. And it brings me back to my strength coach in college. Like they used to do like they would like come up with random workouts, but they always did the workout beforehand to see like what worked and didn't work. Like, is this kind of a little too much or not? And then, so they would never make us do something, you know, expect us to do something that they wouldn't do themselves. Right. So that, that was a long answer to it, but that's necessary say, though. I, th- I would I think say that's the important. teamwork, like the teamwork yeah. aspect of it and associating and, you know, part of that skill is knowing what, what to associate with certain things like, all right, in this setting, I could, you know, yell at you and maybe that's not the best answer, but I could yell at you. And I know like, it's, you're used to it or in this setting, like, okay, like we, we have to talk like civilized human beings. Yeah. And I think too, you have to, ex-players like when you do go out into the real world channeling that energy thinking about what you have learned from your experiences I think can really help you from a mental standpoint I mean when you tie this all back to to football you know how how do you compete nowadays well you're competing with other agencies trying to get a guy that uh you know sign a guy that you want there's a there's a perfect tie-in that's that's how I channel my competitive energy how do I work um on my leadership that I learned in football or teamwork that I learned in football. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head with, with a couple of those skills that you are equipped for because of your experiences in sports. So you can, you're able to tie this all back and kind of channel that uh, everything that you've learned in the past. I I think some athletes, ex-athletes struggle with that. They, they think of this new world that they're in as, as completely different and they can't really draw that, that comparison and, and use the things that they, uh, are equipped for it. It's almost like, you know, they're in this new world. Well, you have to make those connections to, to help, you know, kind of give yourself a mental break and, and kind of transition you like, Hey, this, I'm used to this stuff. I'm, I'm how we mentioned this before. I'm, I am built for this. I can do this. I can make this transition. I, I think that's so important. And everything you talked about, how you said <laughs> may have been a longer answer, but it's all necessary. I mean, those are all such important things uh, that you hit on there. Right. And I, and I would say, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, and I'm not perfect. I won't be perfect tomorrow, but we have to, you know, you're constantly Rome wasn't built in a day. So you have to continue to like find those connections and, and realize, realize certain things. Um, then, you know, it will, it will help you in, I mean, I would argue every aspect of your life in one way or the other. Now, where can we find you? If someone wanted to look you up, ask you any questions, you know, 
some people listening, hey, they might want to become an agent. You know, they, they might want to hear about that process. Where can we find you? Social media, Twitter, Instagram. Give us, yeah, uh, so drop us a name. Instagram and Twitter are both just Tyler Urban, one word. Um, and then on LinkedIn, um, Tyler Urban. So you can reach me out of any of those uh, platforms. Awesome. Ty, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Big thanks to our special guest, Tyler Urban with Rock Nation. Also, as always, thanks to our interns, Zach and Max. There's life after the field, and sometimes in the field of life, things can get real. But you continue to live, continue to thrive. Don't sit on the sidelines and let it pass you by. You are more than an athlete. Remember that in everything you do, you're born to make an impact. Your identity is deeper than your gameplay, so you should treat every single day like it's game day. Cause all the words you stay set for you to shine. Block out any other thoughts that tell you otherwise. Intrinsic value, you're created with a grand design. That means your humanity cannot be minimized. And these are all facts. There's way more to you than just scores and stats. And when you need a reminder of that, tapping with identity impact. <laughs>